0: Yeah. 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 Oh, it's okay <laughs> <laughs> it's open. Yeah. you've been out
1: here a while it's the, it's the um, running up the nose and the eye running that we have to be on the lookout. For. so this is our last round on this season so for everybody that's here I just want to really say thank you but I'll send you something in the mail to make you weep appropriately <laughs> <laughs> and for everybody who's new here thank you Ooh, this is a beginning for some and an ending for others. Um, today is a is a very um, different show for us. We're going to meet people that look different, sound different. Uh, it's a very personal show to me. Uh, my brother, who was a fatherless son, mm-hmm. who did time in prison, who spent most of his life, who was addicted to drugs and alcohol, who died twenty. And so I'm glad today to be able to do for these men what I wasn't able to do for my brother. This show is important to me as a mother, uh, for my son who grew up fatherless, for my grandsons who are fatherless, uh, for my father who was fatherless, uh, and to be able to do this show today with these men uh, who wrote me. And trust me with their heart and their story, to me, is a blessing and an honor. And I want to thank all of you for being here to participate in this. Uh, I always say, you know, the show's going to stir up stuff for you. Just breathe through it and, and look at these people with compassion and respect. Because it takes courage for them to do. My intention today is to access the deepest level of healing available so that these men will stand as a demonstration in the world of what is possible. Today i stand on the principle of Sankofa, which says go back and fetch what you left behind. It's never ever too late. So that's my prayer for this in a way that leads to healing not just the complaint so I'm
0: honored I'm honored to have all you men on this view
2: today um, we're going to do this yeah, yeah. Things a like. yeah. Uh-huh. life one two three fix a life yes. alright to all things there is an appointed time and a time to every purpose under the heaven. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to pluck up that which is planted. A time to slay and a time to heal. A time to break down and a time to build. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to cast away stones, and a time to gather stones. A time to embrace, and a time to be far from embracing. A time to seek, and a time to lose. A time to keep, and a time to cast away. A time to rent, and a time to sow. A time to keep silence and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time of war and a time of peace.
3: But you know what today represents is beyond one. It's the zero point. Today, the great conjunction is reaching the zero point, which is a vortex, which is a womb, which is a matrix, which we're in one. Elaborate. So the great conjunction of Saturn and Jupiter is happening right now. We're talking in this energy. So even what we are reflecting on and what we intend to create together for this trinity that's come together, because the trinity clearly is here, even with the information, because the trinity represents a wholeness and the Holy Spirit is represents the woman. Of course, I'm the feminine energy present. But of course, we know that that energy exists in all of us. So today, this vortex that we're in is very creative. It can reset and renew anything that we intended to be so the earth is shifting from earth being ruled from that earth immovable energy to air which is represented by aquarius saturn is the capricorn energy earth and so it's influenced by this jupiter aquarius alignment so when that happens we can feel it even the 21st is a three the synchronicity us even being here in this conversation at this time on this day is so significant to uh, limitless possibility so this zero point of going from this earth energy to the aquarium has actually been in process for so long just like we've probably known each other in other lifetimes
2: i first met both of you in 2018. Working on the same show. I have been gone for a number of years doing my own thing. And then I came back and I met Latanya first. Then when I got to Atlanta, Brother Breedlove, I met you. Yes, sir. Yeah.
4: I started back, I started in Baltimore, actually. Um uh, right outside of Baltimore. So it was quite some years back but I did play. I wasn't a full-time camera operator there at the time. Like 18 is when I think I started rocking full-time. And that's when I started seeing, you know, more of people started seeing more of each other where it kind of felt more like, okay, I feel like I know this brother.
2: Okay, yeah. So. Yeah, we crossed paths in 18 whenever you were there some days. And then here in 2020, you're there all the time because you're the DP of the series now. So you're there every day. That's when I really started seeing you every day this year. For so Latanya, I've known you for like two years now.
3: Mm-hmm. You've known me for a lifetime.
2: This is true, sister. This is true.
1: love those positive vibes With a man who don't mind taking a chance It's Robert Wesley Branch Be well, be encouraged, be inspired Every day, hey, hey, yeah Be well, be encouraged, be inspired Every day, hey, hey it's the Robert Wesley Branch Show.
2: Brother Bree Love.
4: What's up, brother? How are you?
2: Good. How are you doing today, brother?
4: Fantastic, man.
2: You had a good breakfast?
4: I had a good smoothie. I lay down late, so I don't get up early these days. When I do, I just I put all my vegetables in the smoothie. I have this powdered vegetable thing that I put in the smoothie. Just mm-hmm. to make sure I get my little nutrients that I don't get in my vegetables. I'm terrible at eating
2: my vegetables, really. Yeah man, I had my favorite country breakfast this morning, eggs, bacon, all that. Really? Oh yeah, man. I love it. Oh you got country
4: roots. No, you
1: got you, you got a go five 6, Oh yeah, man. 6, Three, 3 2, two, one.
2: I got northern country roots.
0: Northern country,
2: I guess. Yeah, I got I got northern uh, country roots.
0: Okay. Hey.
2: Greetings, Miss Taylor.
0: Greetings.
2: I was asking Brother Breedlove if he uh had a good breakfast and he was telling me that he had a smoothie because he doesn't really eat a lot of vegetables. So he sort of dumps everything into the smoothie in the morning, the vegetables and the powder and stuff. And I was telling him that I had a full-out country breakfast, like my favorite, like scrambled eggs, <laughs> bacon. I ain't have hash browns today, <laughs> but like that's my favorite breakfast ever. Like scrambled eggs, bacon, fresh orange juice that you just squeezed, some hash browns, like I love it. Add some pancakes
3: Yeah, my on favorite that. Is, is that and grits. Mm. But I would would. probably change out the meat Like I'm a grits fanatic So I just have to have them It's like communing with the ancestors
0: Absolutely (laughs) Because my grandmother used to
3: fix grits for me When I used to have asthma and have to come home from school She would have that plate that you
4: just described, but it would be grits, bacon, eggs, Mm. and some orange juice. (laughs) Mm, 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 mm. That's what I was going to ask. Is that a childhood meal, Brother Robert, or is that something that you just kind of make for yourself?
2: It's not really a childhood meal. It's just what I eat when I want to feel good. Okay. It just hits all the right spots and I feel like, okay, and I don't feel sleepy after I'm done, you know what I mean? None of that. It's just a good... American Breakfast and Brother Breedlove was saying, Latanya that that must be my country roots. And I was telling him I'm northern country. Because when I look at the two of you all, from what I know, Vicksburg, Mississippi, Latanya was born and raised in Vicksburg, Mississippi. Brother Breedlove was born in Florida. So y'all are southerners like that's south. True. Okay, don't go first. Right, you can't go no further, right, exactly So I'm below the Mason-Dixon line I'm born in Washington, D.C. and raised in the suburbs in Maryland And when we go to visit the Kim folks, we go north Because my parents are from Pennsylvania, right outside Pittsburgh So I don't have that tradition yeah, that a lot of black people have Of during the summer, you go south to North Carolina To someplace south to grandma's house Like I don't have that, we went north
3: well, no. we went north, too, when I spent my summers, I came to D.C., so that's my connection to D.C. Okay. My family from Mississippi all moved to D.C., and so when I started coming up
4: there for my summers. Wow. I love that. And so, my summers were from Florida to Georgia. Sometimes. Both my parents are from Georgia. It's weird because, Brother Robert, you and I were talking earlier when you kind of was telling me about ancestry. I don't have an extensive understanding of what my history is, so... I want to go backwards a little bit, though, because you were saying how you go north. You both go north. I feel like people from D.C. still got a little country something in them. Do you feel like it's because of their southern roots or because of, you know what I'm saying? Like, y'all have an accent. Y'all got, like, a northern vibe to y'all, <laughs> but y'all still got, like, a southern vibe in there, still in there somewhere.
2: Yeah definitely I feel totally country like not deep south country whatever that means to me but I feel country yeah I feel that twang that you're talking about now it's funny for me because being so close to Baltimore like when I hear somebody from Baltimore talk like that's totally different to be so close to Washington D.C. okay it's totally different bro when I hear somebody from Baltimore talk I know immediately because I went to college in Baltimore
1: immediately immediately Latonya,
2: <laughs> Immediately, I know exactly where they're from I can probably narrow it down to the neighborhood they're from that's oh. How, wow. That's yeah. how distinct.
3: I know New Orleans like that. That's I know a New Orleans accent. I can kinda tell what part of town they're from. Mm.
2: And you know when I saw that in you okay. because brother Todd, the audio guy, is from New Orleans, right?
3: Oh yeah, we cut up. And
2: I heard in yeah. the first time I was standing there when y'all first realized that you were both from New Orleans, and y'all went into some kind of patois Creole thing that I didn't know what that was. But I was enjoying it though. New Orleans is very specific. Yeah. The first time I was ever there, this was in the early '90s, and it was a business trip. And I was in the cab, and the cab driver was just telling me some stuff. He was like, "Yeah, my this first time here." I felt like I was talking to a Jamaican brother, but he wasn't Jamaican. You mm-hmm. know, it was it was that kind yeah. of vibe, right? Yeah, but what he really started schooling me with was the energy of New Orleans and how this city has a history of people having a mastery over energy and and that was fascinating to me because he was talking oh wow yeah this was the early 90s so my consciousness wasn't really there to receive it yet what he was saying but I remember it because it was so out of my headspace. At that time where he was talking about, you know, I was deep into my understanding of what Christianity was for me at that time. So I wasn't really able to like a lot of energy talk. Even when I first met Yama in 2001, you know, she would be talking to me a lot about things and I wouldn't really be receiving it for myself. (laughs) You know, I I liked her, (laughs) you know, so I would listen and just sort of look with that glassy eye look. And then I had to keep living and some things happened to me and I had that awakening and then I understood a lot more of what she was saying. So now when we talk, it's like she chuckles sometimes to to even think that we're having the level of conversation that we are because she would try to have that conversation with me 20 years ago. And I just wasn't I wasn't there. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) I wasn't there at all because I remember going into her house the first time. This was a long time ago, probably like Mm. 2000. Three maybe, and I went into her house, and I didn't really know what to expect because at that time in the early 90s, there was some controversy around Iyama with these sort of traditional black Christian folks.
3: It sure was. There
2: was controversy, Absolutely yeah.
3: Absolutely was.
2: I'll never forget it. Yeah. And so here I was developing a relationship with her. So I didn't really know a lot about what i was hearing
4: question for you then brother and this is just me coming from a perspective where i feel like a part of me has been awake but another part of me hasn't and through people like yourself Latanya, and even working on the show i'm learning to put vocabulary and specific language to things that i've been kind of understanding but just not really understanding to a certain level of depth until i got around people who could give me that, that vocabulary right for you what things or are there any milestones that happen to this now to help you to get to where you are? Open you up. You know what I mean? Like, because a lot of times it takes a certain something, even if it's subtle or small or simple, there are things that I remember that kind of opened me up, even to just listen differently on this show, because I was more in a professional mode. I just wasn't paying attention. Right. And then in having conversations with you and, and even just the coaches in general, I'm like, ah, oh, man, you probably should listen with this kind of ear. Were there any milestones for you?
2: Yeah. I would say the first thing that comes to my mind are people. And there was okay. a woman who came into my life, Maisha Rashad. She passed away earlier this year of stomach cancer. And I've known her for since 1990. So that's a long time for me. That's like 30 years. And she was very conscious and a very spiritual Woman so meeting her So long ago and having her Again talk to me about things She was talking to me about the reptilians And the off worlders And I, at that time I really Was like lady But I loved her so I w- she was a singer A jazz singer and I was a reporter back Then one of the local black newspapers And we just developed a friendship And a, and a relationship together And it was wonderful and I loved her And she introduced me to a lot of things And I didn't really know what it was or it didn't make a lot of sense to me. But that was a milestone just hearing it from her. It's like going to church when you're a child, you know, whatever your parents hand you, that's what you get. It teaches you whatever it comes to teach you and you're exposed to things and it develops your ideas and you hear it and you retain some of it. It does reach a certain level of your core, even though you might not fully get it at the time. Same with her. She would talk to me about things, but I really wouldn't perceive it on that level and sometimes because my christian programming was so strong at that time we talk in 1990 when i met her in my mind my internal dialogue would be rebuking devils and shit you know what i mean from her but on the outside i would be loving her because she was my friend you know what i mean but on the inside i'd be rebuking shit that's how strong my christian programming was at that time So understanding who you are is important to me it's just part of knowing your own inner verse you know we all have this stuff this inner uh i was talking to a brother the other day who describes it as his special sauce you know back in the day that commercial uh to all be patties, special sauce lettuce pickles cheese onion they had their special sauce and he describes it as a special sauce that he has that we each have i call it our magic like that's the magic that we bring to the table each of the three of us which is part of the reason why we're talking today is because we bring a certain magic to each other and to whatever process we're involved in. This case we were making a TV show together all this year and really last year too. And we talked about this the last time you've been in this space a year ago. We talked about this when we first met. It felt very familiar to me. It felt very comfortable for me. That doesn't happen all the time. That doesn't happen a lot. That's rare. So when it happened with you, I was like, okay, this is interesting. And over time, I think we began really starting to understand one another more, having more conversations. Even this year, we've had mm-hmm. some conversations that I've meditated on during and after. And when I go to think about some of the spiritual lessons that I've learned, I think first I want to say, this is what I know about the three of us. I'm 54. So I'm the oldest. And then I believe Latanya is after me. And I believe brother mm-hmm. Breedlove is the youngest of the three of us. I believe that's how this is going.
0: I'm
3: 49. Yeah.
2: Okay. Right. So I believe brother Breedlove is, is the youngest brother in the group. Yes, sir. 46. All right, cool. So, I guess where I was going with that was one of the lessons that I've learned this year and conversations that I've had with you, Ms. Latonya Taylor. Some of the talks we've had have left me with a deeper understanding of what it is like to hold space with someone else, which is something that I don't often do in an intimate environment with people that I meet. So with you, it felt more intimate, like holding space in a working process. And I thought, okay, like this is new for me. And the conversations that we would have where you would say to me certain things to let me know, like this is how I'm looking at you, right? It was giving me feedback about myself that I don't often get or expect in a work environment like that. The feedback that I was getting about myself from you was helping me to grow. And I appreciated that. It's like brother Brie love when you're on the weight bench and you know, as you're pulling and pushing that weight, you can feel the muscles growing. It hurt like hell, but you, feel, you can feel yourself growing and you know, you're growing in the motion. <laughs> yep. That's how I felt. Like I knew I was uh, growing in that conversation with you, LaTanya. I knew oh. I was growing
3: it's exactly the same on this side that's how I felt I knew I was growing I was stretching sometimes it was uncomfortable as hell but the commitment I felt so grounded and that probably is the Taurus energy that grounded us earth Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. mother and it's so funny that Taurus energy is even considered to be such a feminine mother energy given that it's represented by the bull right (laughs) I had to study that that's a whole other subject right but actually, it's not another subject because with that Taurus influence for both of us, you know that in personality, it could show up as a stubbornness, mm-hmm. as a position, mm-hmm. not easily move. So to actually be so willingly moved. Like, I know I'm going somewhere. I know I'm moving in another direction. I know this is bigger. This conversation is for something bigger. This uncomfortableness is for something bigger. Like, all of it. And the challenge was for something bigger. So, I was growing, too. I grew so much this season. Mm
2: -hmm. That Taurus is also a judge. That's what that bull represents. It's a judge. Mm. And that judge energy is present, I'm aware of that judge energy in myself. I'm aware of that. It's that tone that you heard in that first conversation that we had, Latanya, which made you say, Robert, like that. You heard it too. I, know,
1: I was thinking about that. You heard
2: it too. That's that Taurus. That's that judge. And you heard that. And I was saying the other day to the same brother who I was mentioning, who talked about the special sauce. <laughs> and we were talking about how like each one of us has our own way of Interpreting the mythologies The spiritual traditions that we're involved in Each goes inside our own filter And we do what we will with it Bobby Hemet, Brother Bobby Hemet taught me this Like when I read the Bible When I give you these cards and flash these symbols And whatever the image is I interpret it all as stuff that's happening inside of me Like it's all energies that are inside of me Like none of this is outside of myself Like this whole matrix is projected outside of me But it's all happening internally So these energies are all present, masculine, feminine energies, deities. It's all inside.
3: Absolutely. It's like being a sun sign, but the components of the 12 are all there. And I love that you said judges because I was listening to my own shamanic reading, Mm -hmm. my natal chart, because, you know, one of the things that's really helpful is when you get a natal chart reading is to listen to it on the new moon or the full moon. Mm -hmm. And so I was listening to it again, and, and the brother reminded me that, he said, these are mystery schools. He said, so when you are identified in your chart, it tells what mystery schools either you've mastered Mm -hmm. or the mystery school that you're actually in right now. And one of the things that he told me is that the Taurus mystery school Mm -hmm. is Aphrodite. Here's the balance. Check this out. Get with this, Brie, love. (laughs) Get with this because I'm about to go there. We don't have any limits, right, Robert? No, let's mm -hmm. go. So the mystery school, Taurus, is represented by the Aphrodite energy Mm -hmm. or Oshun in Orisha and she really doesn't need anybody. Hint hint, Robert. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm,
3: mm-hmm. <laughs> she doesn't really need anybody. She doesn't really need a husband. She can have cohorts. She can have lovers. But she chooses who they are, how and how they'll serve her. Right. And he said to me, You've mastered that mystery school already. Mm-hmm. But when he looked at my natal chart, he said, You came this time to learn how to partner. Mm-hmm. On all levels He said because That's something that you don't have to do But you're going to learn through it And so he wasn't just talking about My romantic partner Of course is absolutely A part of that A big lesson part of that But any partnership And so I think when I hear you A lot of times Mm -hmm. I see and I feel me An aspect of me
2: Mm
3: -hmm. It's very familiar to me Wow
2: Yeah Automatically I go to Soul group Like I can see This is what happens, right? It's not often that you get to actually talk about this. When you're talking like you just were, I'll begin to see what you're saying. So I just saw I'm using human language. I saw the pod. I could see the place of growth and I could see the center of light with two beings like growing from the same source. I could see it like you're talking hmm I'm still looking at whatever I'm looking at in front of me, and this is what I'm seeing in front of me. Like, I'm seeing it. Is it outside of myself? Mm-hmm. Maybe.
3: That's good. And so, in spiritual law, we say that that's the oneness. That's the one factor. Mm-hmm. So I get what Robert is saying. This is a continuum. I often have those moments, but when my ego steps in, Robert, you're real good, because when my ego steps in, that's when I see separate. And so this is the call of this new energy that we're moving in is we've seen ourselves, even in humanity, as so separate. And for the three of us to come and have an enlightened conversation about our lessons, Robert, I need to say this publicly. I hope you say this, is that you encourage me to not even hide this part of me that communicates like this right. that thinks like this right that teaches like this and it goes back to your point about soft that's my soft right and you push me even more in other areas and even today represents being able to clear my lessons are around suffering in silence right or just going silent and so now I could feel like after going through the push-pull sometimes that we would have, Mm -hmm. I could feel a rebirth of clarity to be able to say, I'm ready now. I'm ready to speak. I'm ready to be visible. I'm ready. But I had to really confront aspects of my ego, my story, my narrative, because both of us were being authentically who we are. Mm -hmm. So... That was a lot of words, but I feel like my words are planting seeds in this vortex mm-hmm. that we're in. I'm being very mm-hmm. intentional and very deliberate about what I'm creating because I know I have the gift or where I'm ordained minister of the spoken word. This is my season. <laughs> <laughs> right.
2: <laughs> my intention for this conversation is to align our superpowers. <laughs> That's my intention. Oh yes It's to align our superpowers Yes I'm just going to go right (laughs) to what it is That's my intention Because it is clear to me And it has been clear to me Somewhere in this process There was a shift The first three weeks I guess We were all together Mm. And then we weren't And so at that point I had to figure out in my own innerverse Where is my mind in this process Because when my body is there I'm all there If my body is not there where is my mind in this process this is what i had to think through Mm. so i had to create a way to show my mind that's where i tended to focus that's what i had to create to show my mind so that my mind would be present where i was not physically present Mm.
4: I'll say from my own personal experience, I definitely think that you established that because you were aware of certain things that some people on set weren't even aware of. That part of your effort showed up very well and it was very helpful. I'll go a step back and piggyback off of what Latonya said earlier. I think you did the very same thing for me. um, I'm more comfortable speaking about my thoughts or feelings or even things that I don't understand, but I feel them so strongly that I know they mean something. Being able to search and look for answers and trust my own self and my own feelings and whatever. A lot of times we're taught not to trust what we think and feel because of the outer perspective or whatever. So you definitely helped me to get more comfortable in just acknowledging that part of what I was thinking and feeling or experiencing for that matter. So I wanted to make sure that I punctuated that from my side just so you know for certain that whatever your intentions were definitely worked on my end as well.
2: Thank you, brother. Like I would talk to you, brother I was- great love. I would talk to you. Tanya, mm-hmm. and then one day we all talked like around about the same time. And then I think it was you, brother, who created the thread. Yeah, do you yeah. remember that? I do, yeah. So then I thought, all right, we're gonna lock consciousness here. And I did feel <laughs> an energy shift, you know, when that happened. Okay, we locked consciousness, even if we don't talk every day, and we didn't, there was a triangle in 2d and even more dimensionally you know there was a pyramid there was a lock there of consciousness that i felt and i thought okay mm-hmm. there is some magic here that can be worked with and that i think is necessary and that i'm grateful for experiencing this year that i didn't see coming quite honestly i didn't see coming there's a trust Latonya. you and i talk about this i'm comfortable saying this there's a trust that iyanla and i have And the divine partnership that we have that is bigger than anything else. It's bigger than our personalities, bigger than even what we're doing together. This Mm -hmm, partnership mm -hmm. is bigger. That's the same way I feel about this triangle. I respect that there's something bigger to be done than whatever it looks like on any given day is going on. between us. I hear that. Yeah.
3: Same here. I
2: think that's really important.
3: You're right. It was
4: important because for this
3: trifecta, if you will, had a calming effect on me. 'Cause sometimes as a empath, I don't have the details but I can feel when something's off and if I just feel my way through, don't make any assumptions, don't react. And I feel like I had to do that this year because at one point there's moments we can feel very alone in this work for me. But I do think that the first partnership I felt or a trifecta I felt was you Yamla and myself mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you were the solidifying factor because you had a communication with Iyanla that was unique special mm-hmm. and elevated and you had a unique relationship with me and our conversations all were a covering no matter what we could see in terms of our shadow selves our flaws that agreement was in place because let's not pretend she is my godmother and Mm -hmm. one of my greatest attributes is loyalty Mm -hmm. and so the way that you covered her just was instantly like won my heart Mm -hmm. and therefore i feel like that's what made us be able to quantum leap beyond any of the earthly formalities or the the formalities of the profession Mm -hmm. the filter of the industry that we're in where you don't know everyone's intention that people specialize in smiling in your face and you don't know what their agenda is so to quantum leap all of that and just go right to spirit and right to that cosmic bond for me it was an ancestral gift so i have to acknowledge that brie love when you came with that same cosmic energy and knowing and commitment to the work that you have and even like the curiosity but also the savvy from being a professional in your industry i felt protected in many ways, which helped me to relax
4: more and be able to serve the work that we were called to do. I hear that. And you literally, this is probably why, one small fraction of why, Robert was able to visualize what you were speaking of because you just painted pictures with words in terms of how to describe the energy and what my own perspective was from a previous season where Robert may have been there opposed to what the dynamics changed to once we got the ball rolling. I felt like y'all had to do more work on the earthly plane as a distraction to what you really needed to do on the spiritual plane because of all of the earthly formalities, as you mentioned before. So my gosh, that's a perfect way to describe that. I learned in this season, it was my first time really, really balancing out politics, technical, but then participating on the spiritual level as well. And I definitely learned some things in terms of not necessarily using this as a template to do it a certain kind of way the next time, but using this experience as certain things I need to pay more attention to, be more aware of, and give myself a little bit more permission to really, really exist and stay completely in. I learned that this time around or whatever so i'm a little bit more whole in an area that i don't know if this business would have even developed me in because this show is so unique we're more so balancing politics and ugliness and just protecting ourselves from what we bring home from work each day so i learned a lot on that side of things and just personally on several occasions i would be texting you rob or Uh, you, Latanya, about something that I'm seeing or thinking about or even experiencing in the room and I was able to learn about it in real time instead of having to try to remember it and connect the dots. That's priceless. So I completely agree that there's definitely a certain level of synchronicity, safety and unknown understanding that doesn't need to be understood with the mind. It's It's an understanding deeper than all of us that not only have brought us here, but I think it's also a certain kind of understanding that will use us the way that it needs to. Regardless
2: of what we think or feel Yeah Yeah,
0: definitely
2: For sure, Latanya, you did bring up the work And we were there to do work And Mm -hmm. the work, I think, shifted a lot Because (laughs) I'm being totally self-serving and self-centered in this moment Not standing in front of Iyanla like I'm used to doing Like there is a magic that happens when the two of us are standing there and we're shooting It just does Different magic happens when you're there So that was removed for me. Again, where is my mind in this process? One of the things that I've learned, Brother Breedlove, is that you're heart-centered and I'm mind-centered. Okay. My mental powers, like that's where I'm going to go. Like, and I need to be balanced off with the heart energy. What I experience you as is a heart-centered energy. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh,
4: 100%. I've fought it all my life because that's what my culture told me to do, but, yes, And my mind, my effort to catch up, I guess my mind is trying to compete with my heart. It tries to catch up and that's where the confusion happens. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I
4: feel no, But I'm a, very much a feeler, like, it's weird, like, I can feel when you were feeling more, Latonya, if that makes any sense. I could, yeah. uh, <laughs> felt the need to be closer or protective. Robert, you and I talked about volumes. I see things a lot of times as like uh, adjusting the volume of, like my alpha. I can adjust that. I can adjust the volume of. it. When I come home, I have to turn that off because I'm mm-hmm. like bringing all of that home. Mm-hmm. My sensitivities to certain things, I have to have a little bit of access and control over because as business challenges you in ways to where if you show your feelings first, you're not as effective. Right. I have to adjust myself based on what I need to be in the moment. I don't have full control over it, but a lot of times. I know that I'm feeling something on a much more stronger level than average because it's affecting me almost physically sometimes. And it's very weird to talk about that kind of thing to people because most people, even if they do experience it, they've been taught to see that as spooky or they don't know how to put words to it and they don't want to talk about it. So when I stay safe, this is that place for me to be able to talk about those
3: things. It reminds me, though that there is a most people out there that don't that don't talk like this and it makes me really feel so blessed because my most people have become empath heart-centered business owners shamans priestess but i've been on this journey for over 20 years i've left the country and so i've seen energy work and manifest in ways that have become, people call it supernatural, but it's become my normal. Even when Robert and I came into the space together and he was expressing himself, but it was so new and it was so abrupt and it just slipped out my mouth. I'll never forget that and he'll never forget that. I was like Robert, as if I knew him. It just slipped out of my mouth, honestly. It's like another spirit took over because I didn't want to be correcting him. I didn't know him like that. (laughs) But But something was so familiar, it's beyond words. So I wasn't as surprised when I found out that Robert was on a journey. Because literally, I really believe that once you say yes, and I've been teaching this, when you stop resisting it, and when you stop saying that it's weird, then it gives permission for your soul group that Robert was just talking about to literally always present themselves to
4: you. Mm-hmm. Okay, and, and, and you
3: therefore bet. you become more and more comfortable talking and being. It becomes uncomfortable actually to be in the company of people who are low vibrational or who are surface sur- 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 level. <laughs> right. It still <laughs> really blows me away when people say that I'm deep or mm-hmm. that's too deep. Mm-hmm. Like several times, Yama said to me, "I'm happy with this being shared." Too deep, Latanya. And so it would trigger me. It would trigger me because in my work, I have written copy. Check this out. Being real transparent, written copy for a program and not gotten the results. Sometimes it just would baffle me why I would see other coaches with less skills, less experience, less ability write copy at that time just have the enrollment and so when I started investing in myself and getting other people who were expertise they would say to me oh that's too deep you're going to have to break that down if I were reading this I wouldn't understand that that would scare me Back to your point, Robert, when you were having the conversation with Yolanda, and on the inside, you were slaying demons.
0: Do <laughs> You
3: know how many people probably have been slaying demons talking to me?
0: <laughs> and I didn't
3: know it. Because, right. Check this out, Brie Love. I didn't know it because this is a natural <laughs> place. For me to exist, because I've been doing it, like, really, I've been on this journey since I was 19, coming into the Nation of Islam.
4: Got but, it, okay. But
3: you were asking Robert a question about what was that moment, and I don't honestly fully know. I talk about all the time when I got called into a bookstore, and the book that fell off the shelf was The Road Less Travel. Mm-hmm. And so, Brie Love, I didn't know that it was a signal, it was a sign, but it was happening then, and I was a junior in high school. But then it happened again mm-hmm. on a plane to Washington, D.C. for those summers, <coughs> connecting the dots again in our conversation. Mm-hmm. On my summer trip from Vicksburg, Mississippi, feeling like I was an alien and didn't fit in there, I get on a plane, and I'm talking to a chick that's a Buddhist that's my age. She's teaching me nam renge kyo <laughs> and I'm fascinated. Right and drawn to it. And I couldn't wait to tell my family in D.C. I met a friend. I was smart enough not to talk about her religion. I went, saw her altars. Didn't know that that was an imprint. So what I'm saying, Brie Love, I could give you incident. Have to, even being abroad in a country where I didn't speak the language, where we didn't have a map, we would always run into people who were on this journey, who knew what we knew, who spoke the language in some way.
4: Like I cannot make that up. I love it. I love it. That's proof. That's that's truth of the math right there. I guess what I meant by milestones were like this, this for me is a milestone. Having met y'all on the show is a milestone for me because it pushing me further in a more specific direction. That's kind of who I am.
2: So Latanya, you do raise for me some points. In what you said, you brought us to a moment in the conversation where you talked about a moment where Iyanla spoke on your contribution as too deep, Latanya. I think is how you put it. Because mm-hmm. that moment happened several times. So a lot of the times, some of the conversations you and I would have, Latanya, it reminded me that I've come a ways in this journey myself. Because what I experience now on this show is not what I've always experienced in this process. When we were creating what this process is, it's become a well-oiled machine now. It, for me, has been a process of becoming, we were figuring out what this is gonna be story by story and person by person and what is our process and who contributes to that process and what is the universal story. All the stuff you hear us talk about in those creative meetings, that's become a well-oiled machine. It's become a shorthand that Ayana and I speak well together in this process. And so sometimes you and I would be contributing to the story of what this is. And in the moment, my experience was and my spiritual lesson was and is Robert, you're a storyteller and your mind is on the story that's being told here. And that's where I had to reconcile like, okay, Robert in this moment when you're standing there in front of her and I'm feeling a story point like I push it so I'm really influencing the story that's being told here and that's the part that I had to release my mind wasn't there anymore my mind had to be in the space of what is the big thing that I want to happen here that's where I had to place my mind
3: you elevated your craft yes but your spirit was there in me Your spirit was there in Breed Love, and your spirit was there in the work because you had done your part. You are significant in creating the well oil machine that is The Yamla Fix My Life. And now, a new genre. Let me just give you your flowers. You created, brother, with the Queen Mother, a genre. Of coaching producing, as she calls it. Because here I am, and this is not new for me, coming into something in the church, they call it an apostolic anointing, an establisher. That's a gift. That's a spiritual gift. And I know your Christian self hears what I'm saying. And so... That's a genre. I know right now we don't see a lot of people or shows that are doing what we've done, but that's because we're still in it. Like, but this now something is getting ready to be birthed and Robert Wesley Branch, you have to stand as that godfather. Your contribution is so significant that it's just important for me to acknowledge it on the priestly level, the spiritual science in it. Yeah. Because you got to remember, if we were to break this down, Robert, we started off in our, some of our personal conversations. I feel the change came when you started telling me you're not a producer. <laughs> when we want to talk about lessons mm-hmm. and then love is a witness of how I had to step into it anyway. So when Bree Love, was, you don't even know this, when you said to me in the kitchen, I've relied on you all as the producers. You all really have been producing this show. I had to just receive that something else was happening, Bree Love, because you didn't even know what the context of what you were saying has been a rub, or how I had to walk a certain way because I didn't know that it was insulting. The coaches
4: were doing what
3: producers do, crossing over. Yeah
4: it can be perceived that way it can be definitely perceived that way the way the show is run though and robert can attest to this and uh, you too latonya i mean you, you've seen other shows it's a learning curve for everybody because it's truly a true follow whereas some shows create the illusion of a true follow by how they shoot it this one happens in real time though we create structure which is kind of like the skeleton it's just what gives everybody a certain level of certainty We don't know what's going to happen. and We don't know what needs to happen in the moment until it happens. So that takes a certain kind of either producing, but also reliability on the ones closest to Miss V. So we relied on y'all in ways because y'all were just so connected to what her next impulse may be that by default, you have to be producers. And not in the technical sense, but more so in the sense of in order for us to effectively get what we need from the day, even the producers have to kind of rely on you in a way that they're not typically used to having to. So there's that element of dependability that the average person who's not used to need to depend on, there's a, there's a weird gray area that happens there. And if your relationship isn't strong enough, it'll feel like it's an insult rather than an actual compliment so for me seeing y'all as producers was was more of a compliment to the process because it was necessary to an insult but again that's that ego thing it's kind of like my attitude has always been if you can help us get the best of what we're trying to get from the moment let's figure out where to fit you in and i'm glad you're here whereas say other people may not have that attitude so i saw it from the beginning though i saw it even before i was full-time i was like okay i see the dynamics here the coaches i see how what we don't see on camera, there's a lot of other work happening that needs to happen and they need to be able to have all of themselves to themselves. And in looking at that, and then looking at how y'all were in the dynamics of this season, I knew that what you were contributing was definitely partially on the producer side as well as the spiritual coach side. Even with the questions that you asked in the interviews, those were introspective and helpful. And I think mm. it would shape differently if y'all weren't there to do that. So... That's kind of like, that was just my perspective in, in terms of how I felt like y'all could be helpful. And also where I just kind of thought that y'all were already contributing. We just weren't calling it that. We were just locking mm-hmm. it all into spiritual coach. Nah, there's some things they're contributing to over here on this side. And it just has to happen that way because it's smart to use their help in this area if they're available for it. Removing the ego, I think anybody smart would, would do the same. Like, wait, is, it, is this helpful? Yeah. All right, well. That's what we're going
2: with. When did you start seeing that? In 2020? Because that same process was in place in 2018. Did you see it during your time there? What did you see the coaches as?
4: When I first got there, I thought the coaches were more support for Miss V. in between scenes. There was support in between and like whenever she needs to take a break to help with just energy because she's absorbing a whole lot. I didn't realize how much work was being done during the scene how much preparation was happening. I didn't see behind the curtain. I only saw what I could make up in my head based on my casual observation. But really, really seeing behind the curtain, I'm like, oh, okay. Y'all have a very intimate heart in every aspect of not only the things that we capture on camera, but a lot of things that are most important, the unseen things, things that people can't see even in the room and the management of energy, there's a whole lot that the camera can never catch. And when I started to see that, I started to appreciate the bigger picture of what was happening that was beyond what I or any production company or any network could ever give to the world. Like we're giving them something that they can't even all see. So I started seeing it to answer your question, Robert, in 2018, that's when I started working more regularly as a camera C operator. I was working at least twice a week, I believe back then. but it was consistent enough for me to kind of see, okay, oh, okay. Oh, I was getting exposed to more, so I had more things to connect dots to.
2: Right. Because at that time, nobody came to you and said, okay, this is what Robert does. This is what Latonya does. That meeting was never had. Nobody. <laughs> we were just never there. Had.
4: I saw y'all. <laughs> yeah. I was like I could tell by y'all vibe that y'all were there with good intention, but there was never an identity given to me right. um, about y'all. You know what I mean? So I had to figure it out myself. And I never thought to ask. I felt like talking with y'all, I probably would find out better anyway. And that ultimately happened.
3: <laughs> right. But even it with Robert really and I, I didn't really know what Robert, when that day I called his name, I just, he was just on the, on the sheet as a consulting producer, but I didn't know his years of experience. I didn't know this right. was a respected exec because I don't really get caught up in who's who. But had I known at first, I probably would have been on mute saying, Robert, like, who is this dude?
2: Right. So when Iyanla brought you forward in her process, she didn't necessarily clarify who the other players uh-uh, were. Okay. Not
0: fully. Okay. No, I just so, remember you have your yeah. arms
4: folded, you have that fitting cap on, and you just nod your head <laughs> up and down. Like, that's that's, that's, that's a very that's strong him. impression that I have. It's
1: always a cool fitted cat or
4: some, or, or some camouflage. Right. You got your arms and You just stand in there just real intently like, yep, yeah, uh-huh, yep. Yeah. Okay, now we got, we got to do this. <laughs> like, it's that's the impression that I had before I knew who you were. Okay. And then once we started talking, I was like, ah, okay. Yeah, oh. once
3: we started talking, that's when I knew you. And even then, though, like, it's just... I think it was spirit first, Robert, and then history and i think that happened for both of us right like you didn't know all the things that i had already done in dc and
2: i didn't know anything
3: because i know most of our conversation has been about the cosmic and the 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 benefit who wants to talk a whole lot about the challenges but a lot of times the shadows and the challenges are where you grow for me at least because sometimes i felt like and we would get through it and i i want to just say this for anybody that's listening when we talk about sisterhood, sacred sisterhood or sacred brotherhood the ability to not see things the same way, still love each other and respect each other's contribution it's not just evolved in the spirit but it's also evolved to be able to translate it for a job or for the work or a task Mm -hmm. because there were moments that when for instance when Yama would say certain things or say too deep I won't say all all the time it was a trigger, but after hearing it or being cut off in a certain way, it wasn't the words. It was oftentimes the way for me that would trigger me. If I didn't have the tools and the commitment to be in alignment with my assignment, I could stay in the trigger. And then that would take me right to ego. That would make it just the job. It would separate me from just being in relationship with you, being in relationship with you, Breed Love. But literally, it's the process of hearing, you're not a producer. You know people go to school for this, and like, no, hell no, I didn't know. You know, I didn't know all that. Coming in so innocent into an industry that is not innocent at all, it had to grow me up a lot in some areas. I own it, I'm so grateful for it, because and I'm grateful for having tools to confront my triggers. Because it was in my triggers that I felt like I was able to have my own spiritual authority. Because if I had confronted the person or who triggered me, I would be confronting people all the time, or stomaching pain and resentment all the time.
4: Yeah, I I hear you on that. You hear me? I do, I do, and I know exactly where you're coming from. I think we dealt with a a unique set of circumstances as well as dynamics, and I think a lot of how things happened or were interpreted, I wouldn't call it normal. If you will, because sometimes it's just the personality that makes an observation and says something that triggers you, but then other times there may be truth to why they're saying what they're saying. I think I just see a bigger picture. I have to, being in a leadership position, but also just caring and wanting to fill in the gaps wherever the holes are. You tend to see people's strengths and weaknesses with a more specific eye. And because my eye was very specific to the need in the area of, just making sure that our talent, we got the story that we needed from them and having an idea of the bigger picture. I saw you, Robert, and the coaches as that. Not, not in the traditional sense where you got to deal with all of this paperwork and all of that other stuff or whatever, but you're contributing in that area where ego may have been the reason for why you may have heard some of the things that you heard rather than the actual proof of truth when it comes to the need for what can be most effective on the show. Again, I think one of the greatest qualities in this business is adaptability. And then if you can do it in real time, oh my gosh, how how powerful of a human being are you? And a lot of people go in with the idea of how it should be and who should be where when the challenge presents itself and people can naturally shift into the right roles that just makes it effective. Then like, that's when the labels and all that stuff stop mattering to me. I don't care that I'm the DP. I don't care that anybody else is who they are. What I care about is are they doing this job in the most effective way and are they in the right position to do that? Am I putting them in the right position? And for me personally, I can't say and speak for anybody else. My perspective, I definitely would have made sure that we didn't disrespect the need for you to have your own self to yourself and available for the spiritual aspects necessary, Mm -hmm. but I would have definitely have saw you more and included some level of a protocol that allows you to produce and work with producers as producers, opposed to creating such a very strong line between you and them. That kind of just made it harder to to connect in ways that you just you needed to. On this show, people have to get along. You gotta feel like a family. Everybody's gotta vibe a certain kind of way. It's not an easy task, but when that doesn't happen, you see it showing up in other areas where it was easy and effortless. Now it's all difficult. This show requires yeah. a certain. The synergy. It
3: does. Yeah, I, the show, but I think also our calling also requires a certain energy. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Like, yes, yeah, because I think for me there were times where I would have to navigate show and process. And I know Robert can attest to this. And Robert, I feel like a master teacher in terms of this in the industry because he helped create that with Yama. He gave birth to something. I really have to say that, like the whole coaching producer thing, they gave birth to that. So the whole idea of intention and coaches all the time kind of get this. In the field, there are social workers and psychologists that resent coaches. So now you see in this industry, you see professional people with the degrees coming to learn how to do coaching so that they can either make the money, the marketing, reposition their business. It's a world, I think, that the coaching industry has to navigate, but I think the specialized skills that Iyanla has taught also is a genre. So I just think we're all called together for specific reasons, so we don't have to be alone, especially for a time in a season like this. The industry may not have known what you have been responsible for, Robert, but yet you are also responsible for creating something new in that industry, too. Does that make sense for me to say that? Say it like that
2: it does make sense I receive everything you're saying I do want to ask you brother breed love because what you mentioned in 2018 and 2019 when you were in and out you did see that family atmosphere then though right in 2018 and 2019 I did right
4: that's what I reference whenever we were in the legacy season I always think of those times in terms of how things either were be it the family vibe or just how we operated in terms of just being effective and just getting this
3: I never had the distinction either when I came on board, give thanks. And I called Montre, my mentor as well, Mm -hmm. because I'll never forget the very first creative meeting. We had a coaching call. Our team, our production team, which was Montre, the lead producer, myself and the associate producer. We had a call and Montre like threw me in. He just threw me in and he was like, "Okay, coach. What you see? What we doing? And I honestly didn't know. I didn't expect to give that level of contribution. Mm -hmm. So that's why a part of me took it personal because I wasn't coming trying to be too much and crossing to anybody's lane. Right. And so when he said that to me, the very first meeting, I didn't even know. But because of who I am, I was like, okay, and just kind of jumped in there. And then I had to jump in again. And then I had to jump into meetings that I was expected to lead and open, and I didn't know. I'm didn't tell me that. And so I feel like the lessons that this show has taught me is to step into who I already am. Mm-hmm. It may look like coaching, it lo- may look like producing, but I am at all times being who I've called to be on the planet, whether that's in relationship with you individually or whether that's teaching. And sometimes it may come off as too deep. So. Guess what? I have to check my ego. But it was also times where some of that wasn't my shit either.
2: Right. Do you feel like 2018, 2019, 2020, has there been an arc for you? Like, has there been a beginning, middle, and end? Have you seen a rise? Great
3: question. You're asking that question to me, Robert?
2: Yes, I am.
3: Oh, God, yes. An arc. When I say this season grew me because you weren't there, I didn't have you to really debrief with or to prepare coming in. Once again, spiritually, I was thrown in the game, and I had to step up and then up some more. And then Iyama was asking me for things. Up some more. And then I had to become responsible for the story. That's the production training. So I saw myself as, so even for the first 2018 When I got thrown in the game, I was grateful. So you would be saying one thing on sometimes, and I'd be giggling on the inside because my ancestors and spirit was telling me something else was happening here because I was thrown in the game to get new skills. I could stay on the sidelines, but the only way I'm going to know how to grow in Quantum Leap again is I got to get in the game.
2: I appreciate what you're saying. I also appreciate that I didn't really know you were coming from... That place at the time that I was saying that to you. What I'm saying in those times where you always reminded me, you said to me once, I don't ever need to be told again that I'm not a producer. And I heard that. Why is that coming up that I need to say that to you? That is a trigger for me because I hear people saying, you know, I just want to produce this and I just want to produce that. And I'm like, that word is thrown around a lot. And I'm like, when I hear that, I'm like, that takes. To understand what a producer is And what a producer does And how you think And how you see And how you measure And how you examine And how you put something together That takes some time And I know people have skills There's raw talents That we bring to our gifts That gift over time Becomes something that is priceless I think that was the biggest lesson That I learned this season Doing this work With the two of you all With the larger sort of thing that we were accomplishing which is what i always try to attach my mind to
3: Depo- i appreciate hearing that
2: yeah what is the deposit that i want to make in the hearts and minds of the people i got a note about this show that aired the other night i got a note about how successful it was and saying thank you and people really understood what we were trying to teach about the throne and the steps to that and that's the deposit that we were trying to If you go back to those initial conversations Latanya. That's the deposit that we were trying to leave in people's hearts. Yes. From the beginning. So that's the kind of thought process that I bring to it. I remember there was a scene and I was um texting to you, free Love, brother. I was saying to you how mm-hmm. I was seeing this clear jelly just run down the space. Yep. Remember that? And I remember it. As yep. the scene went on, I was like, Oh shit, that's tears that I see. Those like toxified tears. It was like all coming to me. It was like Part of what happens is I can hear what the person is about to say usually about 30 seconds or a minute before they say it exactly how they're going to say it. I can hear it. And then what happens is when they do say it, I begin to see things like I see like the clear jelly just coming out of their eyes. Like I could see it. I'm looking at it and I can see these things happening. I already heard it. and Now I can see it. That's how my superpowers work. Like I can see stuff and then it'll make sense to me like later what it was. In the moment, I really won't know what it is. I just know that I see it. I just have to trust that what I'm seeing is valid and that they're showing me something that I need to see. And then later, it'll make crystal clear sense to me what it was. It'll just crystallize in my consciousness what it was. I hear that?
4: Yeah. That happened very, very specific in that moment where it was like, wow, okay. It doesn't happen literally, but if you can interpret it, it definitely, um, it was very easy to see the connection between what you had said and what had actually happened.